Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. What's going on, Night Owls? Welcome to Got Your Back After Dark. Late start on the game. Overtime. It all combines for a 12.22 a.m. start to the podcast tonight. But that's okay. Tons of energy. Pretty good game. Lots to talk about. Jason Strudwick is standing by. Rob Brown going to join us as well. As always, Got Your Back brought to you, presented by... Our proud title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC, number one GMC dealership volume-wise in all of Canada for six years running. They've got trucks in stock. The staff is fantastic. The process is streamlined. Mention that the podcast sent you, and not only will you receive specialized pricing as a bonus, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on newer used vehicles. Visit Phil and the Crew in Sherwood Park or online at www.gmcpod. Dot com Coming at you from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park. Amazing golf. Fantastic sports bar experience. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with the Z dot C-A. Okay, Rob Brown will be joining us here shortly, but Jason Strudwick ready to go for now. I have a surprising amount of energy, Struds, for the time. And we even did an early pod this morning at like 6 a.m. with LeBron. Yet, you know what the key to my day was, buds? Right. Solid 90-minute nap. Like, it was – I wouldn't even call it a nap. I basically went back to bed. So, I'm I'm energetic here tonight, pal. Yeah, I'm running on Dr. Pepper and a, a darts, about three or four darts I've had since uh, 11, 11 p.m. I'm, I'm personally sending a text to Gary Batman saying a game anywhere on the planet shouldn't start after 8 p.m. It, it, it needs that is the, the, the draw, the line in the sand. It's crazy. It, I hate it as a player. And I, I think I hate it even more now as a member of the media. If I want to know the truth. I, I, too late. Too late to start. Yeah, but think about what that's like for the Boston Bruins to come like for yeah. a team from the East to have to Point. play in this time zone. That's like starting a game at 10 10 15 mm. p.m. their time. It's nuts. It's it unnecessary. It's just yeah. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not going to get too worked up about like the eight twenty, but just the idea of the eight, like just it just eight o'clock starts. I, I just don't understand. I just it makes no sense to me at all. It, as a player, you wait all day. You, I remember we used to have 8.30 starts in Europe, and I, I almost boycotted those. I hated those ones. Uh, but 8 o'clock is still for the same. It's too long. And then you wonder why guys get run down and tired. It's because now they're not getting home and to bed till late at night and can fall asleep. Like Sometimes you got to get your own way for the league. No Ryan Nugent Hopkins tonight. We believe there's a bit of a bug ripping through the team. Don't know how many players are playing under the weather. We'll kind of keep that in mind, but... We're going to uh, to break down this game here. Uh, just setting up the podcast here a little bit. Rob Brown's going to join as soon as he gets in the car. He's just finishing up his uh, fantastic work with Reed Wilkins over on 630 Chad. Um, coming up tonight on the podcast, uh, we'll have Struddy's World 
Ask Us Anything will be our last segment, uh, as always, where we take lots of action on the stream already tonight as Oilers fans are fired up. In our takeaway segment tonight, Strudz, I want to talk specifically about Leon Dreisaitl. I have a point that I want to make about Leon Dreisaitl. So stay tuned for that in our second segment. But for right now, let's get to breaking down this 6-5 loss at the hands of the Boston Bruins. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk. We should have Brownie here, by the way. Okay. Brownie, Brownie should be with us now. You got us, Brownie? Hi, guys. I'm here. Perfect. Okay, Trapped. sorry. I just wanted to, but we'll let you do the, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you do the Mr. Dirk. I just wanted to yeah, make no, sure. I, that. That's good, Chris. And you're always welcome to break in. I mean, I did see the giant picture of Rob Brown pop onto my screen. So I, I kind of assumed that meant Brownie was with us. Um, but, but no, so, solid cut in, Zoom into the sponsor read. I like to Where was I? It. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk. Yeah, uh, that's twice in the same sponsor read. The iconic men's clothing store in Edmonton founded in 1939, just off White Ave in 102nd Street. Mr. Dirk has everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe, casual clothes, jeans and pants, shirts, sweaters, shoes. And on the formal side, while well, I'm wearing it, I just had the suit on. This is Mr. Dirk's shirt. Um... Fantastic high-end clothing to elevate your wardrobe. Visit MrDirk.com. Perfect timing as always. Rob Brown sliding right in as the breakdown is getting started. Uh, fellas, 6-5 overtime loss. The thought process is, uh, is this glass half full? Is this glass half empty? Is it possible for it to be both at the same time? We'll discuss, but Strud's maybe first and foremost, let's talk about what happened in overtime on the game-winning goal, several error errors piled on top of errors, piled on top of errors that ended up costing him that point. Yeah, I think it boils down to the icing. Uh, so it's one thing to try to you know spring a guy for a breakaway, but I don't care how tired you are. You've got to try to outrace the other tired guys, the other, t- other tired players, and try to get there and, and beat out that icing. But there was, there was no movement at all for anyone to try to beat that icing now, which I think they could have. And that salvages it. You know, you could tell, you know, even prior to the puck dropping, Kane kind of skates through just to grab, you know, a couple more deep breaths. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's generally happens. Those kind of mistakes guys happen when you're, when you're tired and it showed today in the overtime goal. Well, on that stride, they, the Boston Bruins weren't even back checking. Kane, if, if the puck, Darnell Nurse tried springing Kane and McLeod for a two-on-zero. He pushed it off the boards. It didn't bounce the way they wanted, so ice down the ice. Kane was at center ice. He has to, as you said, he's got to skate towards the goalie. The Bruins had posted up. There was no way they were going to catch Evander Kane. They're posting up, waiting for the goalie to come out and play it up. Kane just left the ice, and this is—I mean, Swayman had an absolutely horrible night tonight for the Boston Bruins. He was terrible. He was the reason the Oilers got a point in this game. Like, seriously, he was horrible. But what he did in overtime, he saw that Kane wasn't coming. The Bruin players were yelling at him to throw it up. They, uh, in the press box, they could hear the Bruin players, get it up, get it up. But he was smart. He says, nope, this is going to be icing. He put his hand up, and he was waving to his players, icing. Because if it's icing, all of a sudden a cold group or cold, or excuse me, a tired group has to stay on for the Oilers. Face-offs in the offensive zone. We're going to get fresh guys out there. But most importantly, Connor and Leon don't get on the ice. So that was a great play by Swayman, and that was a mental mistake by Evander Kane. 
Ryan McLeod, by the way, the one I believe on the icing there, Brownie. He's the one that I think I ended up icing the puck. I think you might have said nurse there. Well, okay, maybe it was, but it would have been a breakaway, and he, they just missed it. But, that, yeah. I mean, Evander King has to know that. Has to know that. A great play by Swayman, who could have come out and played and passed it up to his linemate, but he knew. He knew that there was going to be a face-off in the offensive zone. But more importantly, Connor and Leon couldn't come on the ice, and that was the end of the hockey game. So previous to that, the Oilers have a glorious opportunity, the power play in overtime, all the old four-on-three. They're usually money in the bank, but uh, again, their power play struggling to come through for them in a big moment. Brownie, what did you see on that power play? Uh, that was a big swing to me. It was. Well, they, they got the one play they wanted. They wanted the one-timer to, to Leon. And that was the only save that Jeremy Swayman made all night long. And it was a great save. Leon got all of that. That was a perfect play, perfect pass, perfect shot, but a better save. But after that, we've talked a lot this year about how good uh, Bouchard has been at getting pucks on net. I think he missed the net four times in overtime on that power play. Twice mm -hmm. he missed the net and the puck came out. It came out, and that, so that was an easy clear. That was where the Bruins didn't have to do anything. Bouchard shot the puck, and it went out of the zone. It, to me, it was a game the Oilers were not great in. I don't think this is a game they deserved a point. But when they got the power play at the end of the third period, I'm thinking, they're actually going to win this hockey game. Probably not deserve it, but they're going to win this hockey game. But, yeah, Bouchard, a couple chances with the puck on his stick. You can't miss the net. You just can't. It'd be better hit the goalie. And at least there's a, a, a rebound opportunity. Uh, but the Oilers, they, they had the one play, the play to Leon. And Swayman made that one save. To me, that was the game. That save, the play made on the icing, it probably made up for some of the bad goals that he let in. But Struds, I don't know about you, when the Oilers get a power play four and three, to me, I call it automatic. I couldn't believe that the Edmonton Oilers, and then almost give up the breakaway with the player coming out of the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think all those things are are definitely points worth talking about. And you look at they were skating downhill in third period for the most part. They carried the uh, the play, so you get into overtime. Like, okay, momentum's with them; they're gonna make it happen. And I I, I do think that like Drysaddle is a nice save on Drysaddle, but Bouchard, I think you have to make the goalie make a save, especially if you miss it net once. The next few times you got to hit him. Or like hit the net so the goalie is forced to make the save and give your buddies a chance to either tip it um, or, or or get the rebound. And I know as a D-man, I was just I was just cheering when I was standing in front and the D-man would miss the net on the point shot. It was joy because either it would wrap out like you talked about, or now I had a fighting chance to fight for a rebound that wasn't sitting right in front of my goalie. It was in the corner behind the net, and that's a dream. So you're helping me do my job and making mm -hmm. it easier on me, and there's less stress in the job I have to do. Evan Bouchard's stats line, guys, four shots on net, eight attempts blocked, six missed shots. That's 18 shot attempts, four on net. That's not typical for Evan Bouchard. But did you hear the pregame interviews today? We were interviewing Connor McDavid. We don't have the audio. McDavid was asked about Bouchard and the shots, and he said, we, we actually want him to shoot it more every time he gets a chance, right? So... The captain is standing there saying that before the game. This can be the result sometimes. I find Evan Bouchard has pretty good shot selection. 
If anything, he'll try and dangle around guys a little bit too much, and I have more of an issue with that. To me, this was a night where Evan Bouchard was going against his natural instinct of when to shoot and when not to shoot and overdoing it to a degree, which is kind of funny because we always talk about the fact that they need to shoot more. I think Connor McDavid needs to shoot more, right? I thought Evan Bouchard went against his natural instincts and overshot the puck tonight. I think got to give some credit to the Bruins though as well. I mean, they were they were they're pretty decent in getting in in the shooting. He's not amazing at it because there's a lot of shots of getting in from the point where the guys were either went in or the Oilers were able to tip it. I'm thinking CC uh, where he put it to the net in Yanmark. But obviously they were very worried about Bouchard and trying to get in his way and just disrupt the shot. It's not always the fact that you block the shot, but you make the guy change the shot, Brownie. Well, 100. percent and I. Anybody that watches game film realizes that Bouchard's got the weapon. And they've seen, as of late, how he scored in overtime. So when they had their little chalk talk on the bench before the, the, the overtime started, they would have talked about, okay, what they're doing is they're spreading McDavid and uh, Drysaddle wide, trying to take the defenseman out, of, defenseman out of the way so that Bouchard could walk down the middle. And they, they, there's a little more stress on Bouchard with the shot. And to me, he just—he was just trying to be perfect on it. And you—and you—you said it best, Struds. If he hits the net and there's a rebound, now as a defenseman in front of the net, you're looking down. You're trying to find through stick skates. That's where Connor and Leon can pounce on things. They come in, they steal the puck, they throw it to the other guy, and it's a wide open net. And that's all off a rebound. They Bouchard, you're right, has to hit that. You can't miss the net. He iced the puck twice for the Boston Bruins. Uh, it was it was it was a tough night for him. He's been playing so well as of late, but that power play, I'm sure he would like a couple of his shot selections back. And R- Ryan, you're right. I he he usually is pretty good at deciding when to shoot because when he does seem to put the puck on net, it does seem to find the back of that more than not. So before overtime and before some mistakes that were made there, there was a lot that went down in this game. The Oilers find themselves down four one in this game. Thanks to another crappy start to a second period, couple of goals against, um, but they battle their way back in it. I thought, you know, if you guys had tough nights, like Kane had a tough night, I think overall made some mistakes. I think he was noticeable, but again, Strud's a narrative where a second period gets away from them a little bit, and they end up having to kind of skate uphill to get themselves back into it. What was your thought on kind of their play the rest of the night here? Yeah, so I, I think that the second period is is the big talking point here um uh they gave up uh, i think actually and, and another thing is they given up early goals both in the first and second period mm-hmm. I, I just that's always a stinger you come out all jacked up after you know whether it's the start of the game or the end of the first intermission and bang you get scored on right away that does take the air out of your sails for sure it kind of puts you on your heels um you know i i think that, that they they weren't awful but I think that the Bruins are opportunistic getting, you know, to the net or getting pucks to the net or, you know, I think of Jake DeBrusque, the rebound goal, just not quite getting in front of him or not tying him up or recognizing danger. And I don't think that Stu Skinner, you know, as much as we kind of were, you know, looking for Swayman to have a better night, I don't think that Stu Skinner was, you know, what 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 he could have provided for this group. I think there's some goals, one or two, he'd definitely like back in this game, uh, Brownie. Well, yeah. I know the others had to come back. And the, the, the goal that Fogel scored at the end of the second period or to make it 4-2, that was a huge goal. 
But to me, Swayman let the Oilers back in. When the Bruins were winning by two in the third period, I thought they were in complete control of the game. Then CeCe throws the puck on net that Swayman just absolutely whips on. That gave the Oilers life. I don't know if the Oilers have life in the third period without that. Then yeah. they get a little bit of life. If stops, they get they tie the game. Nice play by Perry. He tips the puck, then gets his own rebound. Then Pasternak scores. That was a terrible play by Kane. Now they got the lead again, and then all of a sudden, Ekholm shoots an unscreened shot, hits Swayman in the belly. Big rebound again. Terrible play by Swayman. So as as much as it was a, a nice comeback, and they got a point. To me, I think that was more on the backs of the Boston Bruins goaltender playing poorly and gifting, gifting the Oilers uh, a couple of goals in the third period. I thought that the Oilers continued since the All-Star break to struggle uh, with five alarm shots against. Uh, this is eight straight games, three-plus goals against. Yeah. They gave up six tonight. There were a number of other opportunities, especially in the first 40 minutes, that the Bruins didn't capitalize on. Astronaut could have had a hat-trick in the first period. So I think, the, to me, the troubling thing right now for the Oilers, when they won six, 16 in a row, 13 or 14 of those games were two goals or less. Since the All-Star break, they've been three goals or more. They're averaging over two goals against in the second period alone since the All-Star break. I think the Oilers defensively have not been good, and it's forcing them to have to, well, tonight they would have had to score six to win a hockey game. Defensively, the Oilers have struggled since the break. Strudge, Chris Knobloch talked after the game about at even strength since the break, he, he's actually comfortable with the amount they're giving up. Um, I, you know, I didn't have time to dive into the numbers at home, but uh, Struds, did you grab the numbers on even strength goals or where how many they've given up? Because he didn't feel he, he felt it was more about a leaky penalty kill. All these goals against, yeah, well, not like I, I think they've given up thirty two goals against, but from my numbers, it was around twenty one, twenty two even strength goals. Mm -hmm. So it's not horrendous, you know. You, you kind of go do the math uh, per game. It's not that bad. It's ten goals, ten games. So it's just over two, two and a half game uh, goals against per game. It's not, it's not terrible. I mean, um, yeah. But I do think that the penalty kill is, is a significant issue. I think tonight was the first, uh, the first goal was a, a penalty kill goal against, and it just puts you under so much pressure because now you have to either score a power play goal for sure. Um, to, to, to tie it up and sometimes two or three we've seen in this short stretch. So the penalty kill since the, the, uh, the break has been, I think the story, I think it's really put them underwater. Um, you know, the good news, I guess they only give it one tonight, but they've got to find a way to get that back on track. Um, you know, as soon as possible, man, what a year of extreme highs and extreme lows, right? Like this, this penalty kill was just all world for a run. And then the bottom just completely craters out from underneath them. You know, same with the team. Just brutal to start the year. And then they're just at the top of the mountain, like this huge ebbs and flows and big swings in these elements of their game. Some even keel, man. This team needs some normal and some even keel. Let's get to the East Johnson soundbox here quickly. 45 years they've been in the business. So if you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of those things serviced, Weiss Johnson is the place to go. Edmonton's number one choice for heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Johnson, Johnson, and attention, Zuby, I like it. Zach Hyman asked about the fact that the orders finally started putting some pucks on net and got results. I think it's just a concerted effort to get to the net. Like, I think that's... Um, you know, 
I think for a little bit, five and five goals are hard to come by for for us. Even during that winning streak we were on, we weren't scoring as you know too many five and five goals. We weren't letting up a lot, and I think it's it's uh, an effort to to get to the areas where you score. I think, and we've worked on it, and I think we're doing a good job of doing that. And now we got to I mean, clean things up on our own end and make sure that we're not giving anything up. Next segment, we're going to get to the play of uh, of Corey Perry. We'll talk a little bit about Leon Dreisaitl as well. Lots more to break down. I know Streds will talk a little bit about Vinny D'Arnais later on. Uh, Brownie, how much uh, – this is obvious. Ryan Nugent Hopkins touches a bunch of different areas of the game. They got a night out of Warren Fogle, but when I got to the rink and you see that Nugent Hopkins is not in the lineup against this Boston team, that was going to hurt them. It, it was, and it did. Um he play. I mean, he's in all aspects of the game. Power play, penalty kill, four on four, uh, part of the the first line. But having said that, the Bruins played without their be- their second best defenseman, and mm. they're they're missing a couple forwards. All teams have injuries, and the Bruins were beat up way more than the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers played against a team that had two minor league defensemen out of five. So Nugent mm. Hopkins was missed, and anytime he's not in the lineup, the Oilers aren't as good. But the, And I, I, I texted on our text line, there's no way the Oilers should lose to a Boston Bruin team that has two minor league defensemen in a group of five that are playing. And their other two defensemen are a, four, a fifth and a sixth defenseman. So uh, Nuge was missed, but it was a lost opportunity for the Oilers playing against a beat-up team whose goalie had an off night. I think the flip side of that is you've got to recognize Fogel goes in there and makes the most of his opportunity. You know, he bangs in two goals. Um, I, I think that's a real positive because he, he seems to be a bit of a streaky goal scorer. And a lot of guys are uh, kind of streaky. And so he now has three in the last two games. But he was skating. And and if you notice, both his goals were right around the net. Yeah. And maybe sometimes, you know, we, we talk about how hard a shot is. And that's exciting and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I think when he is driving the net with purpose and putting the demon on their heels and attacking the blue paint, he's 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 a much dangerous more dangerous player and one that, you know, a player that is makes it hard for D men to defend against because he's so big and so strong when he shoots from distance. I'm like, yeah, you can have that shot. I'm not super worried about it. Um, so I, I think that, I think that was an encouraging thing for those that are Fogel fans. You can use services. You know what, Shog- Shoggy. Go ahead, buddy. Yep. Sorry. The one thing that we talked about last, uh, last podcast was players getting the opportunity, how they rise to the occasion. And we talked about, doesn't matter who you put up there. If they get to play with Connor, they get to play with Leon, they're going to have special nights because they don't want to leave that spot. And I think you saw that <laughs> with Fogel tonight. He'd been struggling. He'd been on the fourth line and wasn't showing much, but he got a chance to play on the first line. That was the best Fogel's played in a month and a half. And he was by far the best oiler on the ice. So I think it, it, it does bode well for the Oilers going forward that they are capable of putting guys up in the top six and producing. And I think Fogel was a great example of that tonight. Let's get to the relentless player of the night brought to you by UCAN Youth Services, a local charity helping vulnerable youth find employment. Their 14th annual comedy nights fundraisers coming up in March. Highly encourage you to check it out. So they do six shows, tons of laughs. It's a great way to support helping youth right here in our community. Tickets are still available. So if you go to youcancomedy.ca as the website, they're still selling tickets, and it's a fantastic event. We've been there. We will be there this year. It's a ton of fun. It's a great cause. So once again, that is youcancomedy.ca. 
And if you mention Got Your Back Sent You, you get 20% off. Struddy, who are we uh, awarding the relentless player of the night to? Well, there's a player I want to recognize, but I'll save that for later in the show. So I'll go with the man we just talked about, Warren Fogle. I, I think that for the reasons that Brownie and I just spoke about, this guy got his chance and has made the most of it. And um, it's sometimes that can turn your turn a tough month, month or tough stretch of 10, 15 games around. So Warren Fogle, it's all yours, my man. Brownie, there's some love on the stream for Matthias Janmark tonight too. People saying, hey, get, throw Janmark a little bit of love. What'd you make of 13 tonight? You know what I liked was he was he was angry tonight. He mm -hmm. was in the face of the Bruins. There's a couple of scrums afterwards where he was the one initiating, and he has an angry face sometimes. And his face was all <laughs> squished up, and he had evil eyes going. And uh, yeah, and he played well. And again, the the Swayman the the goal that he scored that was terrible by Swayman, but two things happened. CC put it on net, and Matthias Yanmark hung around the blue paint. So 100%, I thought Yanmark played well tonight and was noticeable. Too many games he hasn't been. Tonight he was very noticeable and had a strong game. All right, tons more ahead on the show. Stay with us, short break. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit of Leon Dreisaitl, maybe some Corey Perry. Lots more ahead. Stay with us. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Time to get to our takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health and Dr. Tyler Fix. They specialize in total body and mind wellness from Cairo and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Check them out online. RedefinedHealth.com is the website. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, guys. I want to go back in this game when it was 4-1 and the Oilers were down. It was a tough spot to be in. You could tell they were frustrated. Oh, no, here we go again in the second period type of feel. And so the chips are down, right? Connor McDavid goes out on the ice, and, and he just puts his nose to the grindstone. He just starts working like crazy trying to make something happen. And they throw out a fantastic shift, right? Warren Fogle ends up scoring a goal to make it 4-2. to Bench has life. Team has life, right? Get back to hard work in a tough situation, and good things will happen. Dry sidles over the boards next. Lots of energy, swings deep in his own end, full speed up the far wing wanting the puck. Beaver taps two or three times, doesn't get it. 
wasn't that open. Frustrated in the moment that he didn't get the pass. Stays on the ice for, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 seconds more. Skates to the bench, slams it open with his knee, and slams it shut. Your team's getting back on the right side of it. Your captain's killing himself trying to get the team back into this game. And Leon Dreisaitl, rather than just putting his nose to the grindstone and getting down to it to affect things in a positive way, instead is mad he didn't get the puck and expressing frustration and slamming gates. He admitted, guys, Mark Spector did an article with him earlier this year. He knows his body language is something he's got to work on. Leon is an up-and-down player with with these sorts of things. We're not going to make a massive deal of this, but this was a night, gentlemen, where that got the better of him, and they needed him big time when they were down in this game, and that got the better of him. Brownie, you can start. What do you think? Well, actually, I I didn't see that one. Um, but I do know that he does show his emotions and sometimes not always in a positive way. Um, but I, I, I've seen, I've seen Connor do it. I've seen all, I've seen JT Miller do it in Vancouver. Uh, I've seen lots of players, star players that get upset when the puck doesn't come their way. You don't like when they show it in a negative way. It does, uh, show a, it does not show well to your bench. But I, to me, it means nothing to me, really. I mean, I actually, I don't think Leon had a strong game tonight, but mm-hmm. 90% of the games Leon plays, he's the first or second best player on the ice. So to me, I would make nothing of that. Yeah, I, I would just tag on. I think the challenge, though, that, that Leon and those players at that level don't understand is the effect it has on his teammates, right? And I think it, it can bring – it sucks energy off their, your bench – and when you're on the other bench and you see their team's top player snapping, you love it. I love it. I loved it when guys would lose it because you're like, oh man, we're getting after him. So there, there is that momentum, and it can it can actually he's manipulating the momentum in a negative way against his team by that. And it, I get it. everyone gets frustrated, but I just think that he, I don't I don't think he really appreciates it. He doesn't understand how that works with his group. Yeah, and I, I just think too, Brownie, like, and you're right, so many nights he's one of their better players, but we've seen a few times, and I think it's since the long losing streak where the Oilers were not good earlier this year, when the Oilers are down in games, McDavid has this thing he's doing where he's just, I mean, the speed that he's playing with, the desperation, hunting down pucks, like you can tell he is just killing himself every shift trying to find ways to shift momentum in the game and i think he's 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 showing great leadership by doing that dry could affect the game in such a positive way in those moments if he were to do more of that to take more of that attitude into his shifts where no matter what happens here this is going to be maximum effort because that's the the direction we need to be pulling on this rope in so I think it's – I agree, Strudz, yeah. it's an effect on the teammate, but also it's what he's leaving on the table, what he's capable of when he's on the right side of it, and they need that from him in that moment, and they, they did tonight. It doesn't happen all the time. Not going to harp this a lot, but definitely noticed it tonight. Yeah, I mean, but this goes back to we, – we talked oh, a couple of months ago when we talked about Kane, where he was his body language showed that he wasn't happy. He didn't celebrate after a goal. And you talked about it saying, well, that's just Kane. He cares so much about winning. 
and That's you right. didn't find much like that was a thousand times worse than being frustrating and slamming a door when you're on the ice and you don't celebrate a goal because you're pissed off the coach isn't playing you. That's way worse. That's apples and oranges, though. I think that's apples and oranges. I mean, the <laughs> game, the situation in the game is is different, and you know, I don't think all those situations are created equally. It's time of the game. It's it's where the momentum is and those sorts of things. But fair point. I'm not trying to be hard on. We never criticize. You know, these guys are so good. Noticed it tonight. Wanted to bring it up. Uh, Brownie, the high octane mercurial offensive player, uh, wants to defend Drysaddle a little. <laughs> I, I suppose that's somewhat understandable. Let's talk a little bit about Corey Perry, Struds. Veteran timing just gets it. He just knows. I mean, that's what you get when you bring the worm in. Now, first off, why is the Bruin player accepting that fight? Witherspoon, yeah. why, why are you doing that? You know exactly what he's doing. I, I didn't really find there's anything going on there. So, But that's Corey Perry. He just gets it. You know, and I, I hope that some of the other guys, like, you know, like a full goal or, I mean, McLeod's not going to do it, but uh, other guys just understanding why he's trying to just shake it up a little bit, just break the momentum, just get a different vibe out there. Um, and then, you know, he just greases it up, going to net and, and finds a way to score that goal. And he, that's what he does. He just, he just kind of, he's just scraping in, in the, in the corners where no one really else wants to go and he finds a way to get success for his team. So, um, I mean, the pickup's been really valuable, and he's actually got a bit of momentum here with points, Shogger. I'm not mm -hmm. sure he's going to hit the 21-point <laughs> plateau, but what is Is he have three goals now for the Oilers? Four? Uh, he's at, was he at five points now, I think? Yeah, he's got to be at least uh, nearly at – I think he's at least that. But either way, I mean, he's, he's, he's got some momentum here uh, offensively, which is is obviously healthy for the group. Well, you know what, though, Strides? Two things on, on Corey Perry there. Uh, the gamesmanship trying to change the complexion of the game. But take a look at who he went after. This is a Bruin team that only had five defensemen. He went after That's a defenseman right, yeah. and took a right, defenseman yeah. off the ice. And all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, the Bruins are now down to four defensemen. They're exhausted. They played the entire game with five. Two of those defensemen probably average about 12 minutes a night at best. They're minor league yeah. defensemen. And he takes one off. So now he, he did that on purpose. He didn't go after a forward. He made sure he went after a defenseman, and now we're going to play against a Bruins team that are now going to be even more tired on the back end because there's just four guys playing. That was gamesmanship by a guy that's got uh, championships coming out the yin-yang because he understands what it takes to win hockey games. That was a great play by Corey Perry. Yeah, Witherspoon was the was the guy that threw a couple of pretty wicked two-handers into Zach Hyman's back earlier in the game, and I know the, the bench didn't seem too happy with that as well, Stretty. Yeah, and I, and I get it. But still, like, as a guy who did that, if when you're up in another team's building, the mm -hmm. last thing you want to do is fight someone because it just gives them a little spark. And you just skate away, say, buddy, you get up on us, then we'll fight. And that's, Although, that's, that's <laughs> Stretty, a mis miscue. Do you feel like he really accepted the fight? Or do you feel like he just started getting punched <laughs> in the face? And so he defended himself. Like, how much it. of a veteran benefit of the doubt did Corey Perry yeah. get from the refs by getting two extra for roughing instead of instigating? No, but what you do is you just you grab him in the middle. So if I was that guy, I would have grabbed Perry in the middle of the chest and just held him out and turned my head away with my gloves on and said, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. And then he forced the refs to make a call. Like, he just... You have to know. You have to know in that moment. So, especially when it's Corey. Yeah, having Perry, said that, though, Strides. Yeah. Strides, this is a, a minor league defenseman. He's got 34 NHL games under his belt. Yeah. 
he had no idea what was going on in that in that situation. No, no, I mean, I don't fair. even know. I know. think he was probably shocked he was in the lineup, let alone in that situation on the ice. Yeah. But you're right. Well, he should he should have he should have turtled. Is what he should have done. He well, got no, a five minute turtle. power play. You never turtle. You just you just you turtle. do. If the guy jumps, I, I, yeah. the guy jumps. I would yeah, never condone turtle. No, I never can go and turtling. You just turn your head away, hold them, and just turn away. But it's like you got to know Corey Perry because you know what the truth is: if the shoe is on the other foot, there is zero chance Corey Perry's fighting you there. Zero, because he knows what it does to your team. So that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, he's not taking that fight. He understands that. And then he goes to the net, right? I think he was the one that deflected the point shot, then picked up his own rebound. Just greasy stuff. Earlier in the game, I mean, he even had the goalie pissed at him, giving him a shove. Like, he's just always <laughs> in there. He just kind of figures out ways to be in spaces and get in people's heads. Yeah. And it, It's very seldom where he's just not noticeable and doesn't do anything. I mean, it's not always going to be offense, but he just finds a way to just leave some sort of a little tattoo on a game, Stretty. <laughs> he does, but that is, you know, the wheels aren't what they used to be, but the brain is <laughs> yeah. still fine, right? That's That's what he brings. And and for a lot of his career, he was like that. You don't score 50 goals and win uh, levels that he did by just being lucky, you know, and just, oh, he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, there's a reason why he did that. So he's always around the net. And I just think you cannot go wrong when you're around the net. Uh, bigger body, stick on the ice, taking up space. I hate playing against those guys. We're just always around that net, Brownie. Well, and you said the wheels aren't the same, and they're not. The brain is, but so are the hands. Hey, it yeah. was a deflection. Right. That, that forced Sway, Swayman to make the, the save, but then how quickly he got that puck off the pad, up and under the bar. I mean, he still got game. He, he, he seriously does, and uh, he seems to be getting better. Remember, this is a guy that didn't play for a couple of months, and it's just starting, and then they have an all-star break where they got eight days off. He's just starting to find his stride. He's one of the Oilers that I believe, coming out of the all-star break, that's gotten better each game and much more noticeable. And he, he just understands what it takes to win and is willing to do just about anything. He's had two fights since he's been mm -hmm. here with the Edmonton Oilers. That's, I mean, I, I, I give all the credit in the world for what he's done since he's become an Oiler. Should we make note of Connor Brown on that two-on-one? I thought that it was ending there. Ryan McLeod throws him a little bit of a tougher pass to pick up. I thought it was ending. I thought the streak was ending, guys. Yeah. Strides on that one though, you you gotta read the situation. You're Ryan McLeod. You do not pass the puck to the guy with zero goals. You don't. Yeah, in, yeah. in that game, Ryan McLeod's gotta mm. shoot the puck. One hundred percent shoot the puck. It's like when you're going down if if Connor McDavid's going down on a two on one with Leon, he can pass. Connor's going down yeah. with Cody Cece, you shoot. You you play the percentages. Ryan McLeod's gotta shoot that puck. There's a rebound, maybe Brown gets it. Well, the, the other part of that, though, is maybe Ryan Cloud shouldn't be passing that puck, right? If that's Leon Drysettle, he passes it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not an easy yeah. pass. I mean, but he Ryan McLeod. Feather it. And it was bad. Like, he did, really I know it's not an easy pass. That's why, he, that's why he's got to shoot it. And he, it's, no. you look at who you are and who you're going with. Ryan McLeod's got to fire that puck on net. Yeah, that's interesting that, you know, depending on who you're on the two-on-one with, if it's another forward, because he has no goals, you make the decision, I'm not passing to this guy with no goals, right? But the, the right play on that was shoot, I think, kind of regardless of who was over there on the other side. But uh, another day, another 
goalless night for Connor Brown. Uh, do we want to discuss goalies real quick before we let you go here, Brownie? We, we got into it the other night. Sure. Uh, where are we at here? Pickard next game. They got back-to-backs coming up here, but Skinner obviously isn't going to love uh, one or two of them tonight. No, he's not. You go with Pickard on Friday. You go with Skinner on Saturday. But mm-hmm. I think you also now start looking at Skinner's body of work. I Ten days ago or two weeks ago at the All-Star break, there was zero thought in my mind that the Oilers would look at another goaltender at the trade deadline. Didn't have to worry about that. Since the trade deadline, this is six straight games that Stuart Skinner's let in three or more goals. He's let in goals in the last number of games that have gone through him that did not go through him before. Uh, I, I don't know if it's fatigue, just bad luck. Uh, he's going through a poor stretch. But this is an Oilers team that has got Stanley Cup aspirations. Do If Skinner's got probably four more starts, maybe five starts before the trade deadline, there may, is there a seed of doubt? Is there a, a possibility now? that they look for help uh, in that now. There was no thought of it two weeks ago, but the Oilers have given up eight straight games of three-plus goals. This isn't what's going to make them successful in the playoffs. So uh, there maybe is a slight seed of doubt right now that the Oilers are, are set in the, in the net like we thought they were two weeks ago. I, yeah, I, I, not to be the, the old... Uh, oh, be that box, guy. Yep. But... You know, it, it, obviously it's clear that my plan of attack was better. You know, having Pickard playing uh, two games ago, leaving the rest to Skinner and then a different one, I think that would have been the course of action. So now I think it's easy to go with Pickard on Friday, then you come back with Skinner on Saturday. Um, no, I don't have the seat of doubt, Brownie. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel that way. Uh, there's ups and downs, but I do think, there, you know, for, for he's still a youngish goalie. There need to be blocks or chunks in the season uh, of, of, of a few days where they can actually work on their game and tidy things up. And I've been pretty constant in this this type of feedback, and I think there was a missed opportunity um, for that with uh, with Skinner, uh, you know, three days ago. I'm not sure if they have the goaltending to get to where they want to go. I feel pretty certain that the forward group isn't there. So if it comes at the expense of improving themselves up front in a, in a somewhat meaningful way, I might let her ride, man, between Skinner, Pickard, maybe Campbell, who was good in the playoffs last year. You might need to let it ride on the goaltending front. But a very fair point by you, Brownie. Uh, Good job tonight, buddy. Thank you kindly. Sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. All right. See you, pal. And once again, Rob Brown's appearance is on the podcast, brought to you by Kin Prince, a local family-owned company with decades of experience filling any and all of your promotional apparel and embroidery needs. Visit kinprint.ca. Lots more ahead on the show. Stay with us. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching, 
they truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Time now to take a lap brought to you by Backscape, where you can bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. With their water-resistant, rechargeable long handle, you can shave independently in any direction. No cuts, scrapes, bumps, or mess. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. And choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. Backscape, stay smooth, gentlemen. Strutty, going to take a lap tonight. Did we want to start with the the Bill Zito comment uh, from Pierre and I in our podcast earlier today? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. So we we had Florida Panthers general manager Bill Zito on and just a kind of a different, unique answer. Pierre asked him a question about how hard it is to stand Pat Struds when you see other teams in your division making trades, going out and getting better. And the Panthers are a team that, remember, they stood Pat at last year's deadline for the most part. They held on to a couple of unrestricted free agents, but he didn't get super aggressive. Whereas two years ago, remember, that was the Sherratt year where they spent all those resources. So Pierre asked him a question about how hard is it to stand Pat when you see other teams getting better? And he kind of threw the question back at us and uh, had Pierre present him a hypothetical. I thought it was a funny answer. I know what you're probably going to say, but I find it interesting, you know, how GM sit back and suddenly a rival, a team that you know you may have to go through, does something in the next two and a half weeks. How do you react to that? And do you have to make sure you don't let the emotion take over in that moment? That, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, I guess, is what I'm asking. I'm probably a, an outside-of-the-box thinker on this one. Um, you build your team. Absent injuries, uh, you move forward. If there's a player that you can get that you think will help you, both on the ice, maintain the integrity of the community in the room, yeah, you do it. Um, the, the cost to, to acquire this asset isn't so significant. It's going to just kill me down the road. Can I recover from it? Is there a way maybe I can um, find an alternative? All those factors go into the decision-making. I, I don't think what what Kansas City does or New York or Detroit is part of that equation. There's either an asset that's going to help you or it isn't. And ultimately, you have to be responsible to yourselves, right? So at least for me, um, particularly this year, because pick a team. Pretty wide open. Yeah. No, just pick a team that you would think or is going to add someone. Oh, well, I would say the New York Rangers will probably add. Okay, so the Rangers, and who are they going to add? Make, make it a pretty significant one. <laughs> Let's give them Adam Henrique from the Anaheim Ducks. What do you think? Okay, so all Rangers got Henrique. I come into the room, oh, my God, Rangers got Henrique. We got to go get one. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> okay, well, we can give Barkoff. No, no, we can't. We could, we could trade one of the free agents. Yeah, okay. So we so we trade pick one, I don't care, one of the free agents. Now we got to go get that guy. Right. So so in in the circumstances that we're dealing with right now are are um really focused on our group, our needs, what we can get, how we get it and 
um, that that's where that's where we sit. So, makes sense. Sorry, it's not the sexiest answer, but but it's it's the, it's a truthful one. That's what we want. I thought it was a it's pretty a damn good answer. Actually, truthful. I thought it was yeah. awesome, Bill. So was the whole but, interview. But, you know, so much of this is 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 honestly media driven, right? Deadline day and shows and what clicks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Trade centers. Yeah, yes, I, I really. So, anyways, Struddy, I just thought it was an interesting insight into the pressure that they feel. But sometimes you got to just chill. This is the time of year where GMs make their money, man. This is where you can make decisions that hurt you badly if you get over anxious. Yeah. Well, there's two times in the course of the year where the 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 pressure, the anxiety of doing or not doing something really hits you. It's free agent time and trade deadline, right? That the excitement, the, the hype and all that. But I love this answer because I 100% agree. I think that you set your course in September of, of what your team you hope it's going to do, or I guess even go back to the summer you build it, get through training camp. Now this is your team. The whole time you're evaluating what 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 we are, what the individuals are, and how we're doing. And then you get to, you, you, okay, well, are we a good team? Are we a bad team? Should we add? Should we subtract? And then you set up course for your team. And I think that the rest outside is is a distraction. It's just it's just noise. We've seen some teams make some pretty considerable ads the last couple of years. We'll think of the Rangers bringing in Kane and Tarasenko and pretty much everyone. Then even go back to the Leafs adding guys like O'Reilly and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these guys. And neither team had great success. So if everyone knee-jerk reacted and and and, and added like them, could it work? It, it, I guess it could work, but you have to know what you need. And, and let's give the local guy a little bit of love. You know, he knew what they needed. Uh, Ken Holland, he added Matias Ekholm, and it's been a perfect fit. He, he didn't deviate. He didn't get into the chicken sweepstakes and some of these other guys. He knew what he needed, and he got it done. And I think that I, I'm guessing Bill Zito would compliment Ken Holland on that trade because he was very detailed and was dialed right in with what his team needed. Really thoughtful interview. By the way, how about that flex with his background? Yeah, I know. I, saw I mean, that. I like, like the palm trees yeah. and the – I mean, it was yeah. unreal. You look at how many free agents he has on his roster next year. Like they, they basically have nobody signed, mm-hmm. but he ain't worried one bit, Struddy, because they know they can get players. Well, between the tax situation and then that that lifestyle, and a pretty good team. I mean, the guys they do have signed are pretty decent players. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, do you want to play with Barkov? I, I guess I could squeak yeah, yeah. that in. You know, yeah. so they they they've got some decent players there. Um, you know, Reinhardt's obviously one. He's that's a, he's, one they got to get done. That's yeah. a big one on the old to do list. It, it is a big one. Um, but again, you know, having a lot of success there, he's been, uh, he was in Buffalo, comes there. I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm not an insider, but I, if I'm looking around, it's a pretty good team. It's a nice place to live. Taxes are favorable. Um, what else? Yeah, no what else do I need? Tax. That's yeah, what, favorable. Yeah, what am I, what else am I looking for? Like, what else do you want? You can probably have a chance of winning. You, you like to situate, it's pretty hard to look somewhere else. Pretty ridiculous. And, he, you know, we asked him too about you know, the way you handle all that nice stuff all over the place with your players and keeping them focused. He, They make no apologies for where they are and what's available mm-hmm. to those players. He said, as long as they're working hard at the rink, we want our guys at the beach. We want our guys professional. at the beach, of course. We want yeah. our players, as long as they take care of business, yeah. 
So they lean into everything that they have. They built a practice facility right by where a lot of the players live. They can drive golf carts from their house to the practice facility. Like, man, oh, man. Uh, okay, where are we going next for Take a Lap, pal? Uh, well, here we go again. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves when players are put on LTIR or perhaps, and then they come out just in time for the playoffs. Day one of playoffs. I'm feeling pretty good. Let's do this. So Mark Stone is, is out mm. and their general manager, Kellen McCrimmon said, it could be a while to quote him, mm. not my words. Uh, it, you know, the insiders or people I'm seeing are thinking it's not his back, but a while, I mean, a while takes us, you know, it's got it. I'm guessing a while is more than a month, at least, is it two months? Does it get you to the playoffs? I'm not sure. But if he is indeed on the LTIR and he is out till the playoffs, that is a massive chunk of change. We're talking a huge contract that they or multiple contracts they could bring in and to bolster a lineup that has had pretty significant health challenges this year, Shogger. Saying they're going to take advantage of a loophole and improve their chances at a Stanley Cup. Is this what yeah. we're this is well? Yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I think we've seen it already from Vegas and Mark Stone. He's and only 9.5 million. I mean, what can you, you yeah. know, really, what can you? <laughs> what can you squeak in for that? So, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, who knows? Again, I always want to see the best in people, but we've already seen this song and dance from Vegas. We've seen it from other teams, Tampa Bay. I don't know if it's always a coincidence. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. All right, that was Taking a Lap, brought to you by Backscape. When we come back, we'll get back to the Oilers and the play of one player specifically in Struddy's world. Stay with us. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Gotta look good. Before we get to Streddy's world from the Got Your Back chat tonight, Brownie just texted us and he says, while I was talking in the last segment, some dude came and stared in my driver's side window as I sat in my driveway. Effin gave me a heart attack. Creepy. Struddy says, hope you said hi to Fernando for us. <laughs> what did Fernando Pisani do to you? You're so hard on Fernando. Unsolicited, just... Haymakers from the podcast. <laughs> because he's such a nice guy. And anyone who's ever ran into him or seen him, like, he would never do that. Like, he's <laughs> the most thoughtful, kind guy. But it's love that's always him. Like, it just, it just. <laughs> always him. You're just consistent with it. It's always Fernando. We're having him on one of these days when you're not on. Oh, yeah, that's and We'll fair. give him a chance, like we yeah. did with Gager. Well, he won't say much. He won't say much, so it'll be all right. 
Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line. See why they've been going so strong since 2005. They've got reliable, unmatched service. They've got high-quality North American-made products. No maintenance, right? No sanding, no staining, no painting. It's well worth it. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. Time for Strutty's World. I had a buddy talk to me the other day and say, you know, it's funny for someone who admires defensemen, you rarely give enough credit, he thought, to Vinny Darinay. And I kind of thought about it. I was looking at some things that, you know, through the stats and then watched him tonight. And you're right. You know, for a guy who is unheralded, drafted, not signed, and then comes in here and just battles his way into a spot and a regular spot and a good team, I haven't given him enough love. So let's talk about his game tonight. What is amazing me are two things. His puck handling um, has improved so much. He's now reading the ice all the time because his head is up, right? The, it, his head is up way more than it was uh, let's, even last year. Well, I guess last year was the only time. The second thing are his passes. He made multiple passes tonight to the center swinging low and uh, slow or, or maybe a little, bit of, a little bit higher. But anyways, he made it to the middle on those passes. Wasn't necessarily the corner, but it was more off a breakout. But those two things show me a player that is, A, very uh, very dialed in on what he has to work on, but B, very confident. There's even a time where he brought the puck up around the net, didn't like what he saw, and backed up all the way behind the net. Leong swung through. He kept the puck, and then he went the other way. Like, that's a guy that knows what he wants to do and has his head up and is controlling the situation, which is, quite frankly, what a D-man needs to do. So, Vinny... I'm sorry I haven't given you enough love on this podcast. It's my my bat. Uh, it won't happen again to let it go this long. But, guys, he's looking really solid right now. And those are the areas I've seen just massive improvement out of uh, Vinny. Did you get this note before tonight's game? It was Yeah, it was earlier today, yeah. So you went into this game maybe with some rose-colored glasses on a little bit, Struddy, because I got to be honest with you, and I agree with everything you said. Yeah. I do. I'm not sure he had the best night tonight. Oh, really? Which way? Which which place did you like? Uh, there were some. Uh, well, it's in my notes here. What do we got? There was a bit of a fire drill in his own end on a couple of shifts. Had some turnovers. I would say my feeling, and I again, I agree with the points that you're making. The the development in the skills, the calm, the poise. I definitely think that it's there. I would submit to you that since they significantly elevated elevated his minutes when they changed the pairings. And then they brought him back down to earth a little bit now. I don't think that he has been as good here recently as he was before. That, okay. that would kind of be my summary of him. Maybe I don't know if I'm being hard on him or not. But. Yeah, so how do you evaluate him? Like, what, what are your markers? I think, um, you know, I think just really solid play in his own end where he minimizes his turnovers. He gets forced a lot, and he has to make – Lots of plays in his own end with that puck. And I think when he minimizes his negative plays, so either a neutral or a positive play, that's mm -hmm. what I look for from him. And I thought, I feel like there have been a, a few more negative plays recently than maybe there was before. So that to me is a big yeah. one, is the decisions in the defensive zone. Now, I'll say this, is when your team isn't playing quite as well as a D-man, you're the one who kind of eats it. You know, like you're the oh, one who kind of looks bad. Can we call Brownie back? Yeah, no, it's true. Because the forwards are screwing you over. They're not. They're not playing in the offensive zone. You know that's yeah. obviously what's happening. So, 100%. I, 
I, I do. I, I again, I'm being a bit of tongue in cheek, but it is. It is. Um, I, I do understand what you're saying. You had the puck ripped off from behind the net there that one time. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Um, but you know the 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 fact is the skills and everything I said before have improved significantly. I agree. Like he, I totally agree. The playmaking um, more often than not is is very good. We have to keep in mind where he is and what he is. He is a third pairing defenseman. You know those those guys and a bit and to be honest, his job isn't necessarily to be a puck mover. Now everyone's got to contribute to it. I get that, but that isn't really his his job he's worked on it significantly mm-hmm. so it's not a liability um but i i do i i can i can hear what you're saying i understand you're i i, I you're hear more you. big picture thought though on darren right? yeah big but, picture but, thought and i agree yeah. with what you're saying no and, and your challenge to me today is fair but i think when you're when you're looking at it you have to kind of look about what where he fits in the ground now mm-hmm. you know since he's turning over all the time he's on the top pairing and now he's he's paid more in line as a second pair defense mm-hmm. than a really first pair but he's there mm-hmm. so again that is a bit of a challenge for and him and it's not just any two right ekholm's been a little bumpy lately too yeah but i, I do think that it's you know i i truly feel that a d-man's job is to move it up to his forwards as quick as they can yeah but when you get it up there and it's a it's a bad play or sorry i shouldn't say a mispass or a misfire and it doesn't get out now it's back in your zone and usually it's a little bit harder to get it out of there so Trent, move that puck up as quick as you can. The Fords have to help you by getting it out, then going to play on their end as quick as possible. Back to the Weiss Johnson YouTube mentions. How about Omar? I love this podcast, but I've noticed that fans are not included as much in segments other than Ask Us Anything. I think doing live podcasts, the fans need to be involved more. Just saying. So that's Omar getting involved in the podcast. Oh. Fair point, Omar. We'll take that. I think maybe it's yeah. a product of the fact it's 1.23 in the morning and we're trying to give you some quality, but also get ourselves to bed at a decent time. <laughs> maybe just yeah. cut us a little bit of slack on this one tonight, Omar. But really fair point. Try and work in as many fan comments as possible. Uh, Neil Garrity says, I thought Vinny was bad tonight. Reaper says Vinny got schooled. Uh, there are some positive ones, though. Davin says, such a quick learner and no question his learning curve since coming into the national hockey league and his uh, mid late 20s like he's he's done a pretty good job getting himself uh, up to speed and extremely usable and remember big shutdown defensive minded right shot defenseman just fell out of the sky for the Oilers it's been a huge aberration for their lineup over the last season and a little bit Omar chimes back and says lol that's fair Thanks, Omar. We appreciate the <laughs> tonight. Uh, one more segment. Ask us anything where we're going to involve you, the fans on the stream, because, Omar, we love doing that too. So bring some gold during the break. Now you're under pressure, Omar. You fire a point in, and we're going to give you even more time. Ask us anything is coming up after the break. For over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. Visit www.belvederegcc.com. All 
All right, let's welcome in Zuby, Chris Sabunia at the controls in Kelowna for our Ask Us Anything segment. Brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Oh, actually, is it brought to us by Rini tonight? Zuby, did we mix up the sponsorships there? Nope, that's me. I had one? I can change that right now. I had oh. I had Rini in the other thing, but not in this thing. Here we go. No Amen. problem. There you go. Brought Remix. to you by Match Both Eatery. Both great sponsors. Yeah, all fantastic. We love them all. Happy hour, better at Match Pub Ice District. Score twenty percent off appies, half price wine, and other drink specials every day from two to four p.m. Located adjacent to Rogers Place in Grand Villa Casino. For more info, visit matchpub.com. Zuby, I'm going to kind of lay back here a little bit. We're going to spend yeah, five or six minutes doing this, but I want to get to as many comments as possible. So we'll let you and Struddy have at her. Let me know if I'm needed. Sure. I actually had a comment from Omar in the clip. Yep. He's going to love this. It's not very, Omar. it's not super in depth. He said, Brown is a lost cause. Now, let me follow up on that. <laughs> Saber Cove said, dude had like three opportunities yesterday. He's referring to this evening's game, last night's game. Did uh, um, The question, I'll throw the question, is that it felt like those missed opportunities from Connor Brown tonight hurt the team more than you know, now he's now the power play, the, the PK is not as strong. Do you feel like we're, we're in a point in time now where we have to question what Connor Brown's bringing to the team if he can't find some offense? Yeah, I, I do. I think the big problem is the price tag. If he was just 750 or whatever it was, 800 grand, let's just even call it a million. Like, yeah, this is good. We're getting good value. The, the price tag is what's what I think killing kind of hit the vibe on Connor Brown. I still think that he's going to be a piece to help this order team out down the stretch in the playoffs. I know that I probably have a little bit off from the 15 goals um, at this point, but I, I do think he's going to be a piece, but it's that, it's that salary that is really, you know, he's, he's this year's uh, Yamamoto or this year's uh, Pugliarvi with that, the contract, he's not able to meet the the level that's he's at. Um, RS on the stream just now, and someone else had mentioned it earlier, but I'll, I'll give him credit says, uh, why do you think Connor isn't shooting nearly as much this year? I know Ryan, I think you mentioned previously that you did kind of ask him about that, but if, if he's the kind of guy who decided I'm going to take over and score 60 goals, I don't know, like that shoot first mentality, why would you get rid of that if it worked so well or uh, how it, that's how it seems anyways, Shreds. Yeah, I think it's about evolving your game as well. You know, you don't want to get, I think the league is always kind of coming back at you and figuring out ways. So I think maybe you said this year, I'm going to try to have a little different approach. Obviously, one of the beneficiaries of that has been Zach Hyman, who's who's now got, what, 33, 34 goals. Um, you know, I do think there are times when he's he's looking off shots. I don't think it's as many as people think. But I do think there are times when, I, you know, especially last game, there's, there's times where the puck, it wasn't just him move from a shooting area to a non-shooting area and no one gets a shot. I think you got to find a shot there. Um, Brett Westergaard said with um, three periods in here, we need Tanev. Uh, Saber Cove followed <laughs> up on that and said, what are the chances Oilers land or are in the mix for Chris Tanev? What do you think, Struts? Well, what's the, how much of an upgrade is he on CC, right? And then can you trust him to be healthy? Those are two things. You know, it sounds like the insiders are saying that the Flames are waiting for a first-rounder. Are you willing to trade a first-rounder for Tanev, um, or are you looking for more help up front? If if a first-rounder is out in the loop for the Oilers, 
I'm probably looking for more help up front because I, I do like Tanev. I worry a little bit about his health. And then how much of an upgrade is he on 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 CC? I think defensively he probably is and a little bit harder player to play against. Um, you know, CC's the strongest guy or one of the strongest guys in orders, and he you rarely see it. That's just not his his makeup playing wise. Um Zoe R says when Connor and Leon going back to the discussion about them looking frustrated and, and who we criticize and who we don't Zoe says um, when Connor and Leon get frustrated, I think it's usually more frustration with themselves rather than teammates. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, like Brownie, I didn't see the play where, where uh, Leon was upset, but I can tell you from playing when someone is looking for the puck and tapping his stick, and then he goes and slams the door if he doesn't get the puck. <laughs> I don't think he's mad at himself for in that moment. He's mad that his right. buddy didn't give him the puck. So <laughs> I, I I understand what Zoe's saying, but this situation that Shaga was referring to is definitely teammate driven. Yeah, for sure. This one was a little bit different. And and again, this is something that Dry knows he needs to work on. It is, and it is a work in progress. The point I made tonight was that it got the better of him a little bit. Tonight and uh, but on a lot of nights he's, you know he is driving it in the right direction. So, um, Roshan Nelson says, speaking of body language, have you noticed Skinner's after every goal uh, since the break? Uh, so bad, rather than just uh, doing it, the Grant Fear shrug the puck out of the net. He feels like it's indicative. Uh, and and what he, when I've certainly seen that too, and I notice it as a goalie and Struds as a defenseman. What? How do you how do you feel about that? Is that troubling to you when when you get that from your goalie? I think it was the last podcast. Someone made the same comment, and it, it, it you know as I was in the, in our comment section, I don't I didn't remember seeing it, so I was like, I got to watch tonight. And and there were many goals to pick from today, uh, so I did see that, and I kind of made a mental note. I'm glad that uh, that texture, maybe it's the same person, brought it back up again. Um, as a D man, you get frustrated when the guy kind of shows you up, it goes behind them. Then they look at you like you were screening me, you know, like it's, I, I, I never liked that. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't say anything publicly, but behind closed doors, you might have a talk with a goalie. Um, I feel like Skinner is, it's more look of disappointment where he's like, God, I can't believe I let that one in. Right. I think that is more what's coming from. I don't get the sense from him or just watching him that it is, this is teammate driven. Yeah, I would agree with that, Struds, and and I'm in that locker room a lot. I've talked to a lot of his teammates off camera, um, and generally speaking, Stuart Skinner is very much on the right side of being a good teammate. So I think I would agree that it it'd probably give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not staring down his demon, right? That is different when you start staring guys down as opposed to head in the air or frustrated or whatever. So bit of a different read uh zuby let's do two more and then shut her down buddy okay and for sure i see i i know that i i feel like you know i've never played anywhere close to that level but i feel what's yeah, feeling here what do you think well i i totally agree with you i don't think he's mad at the teammates i think he can't believe you get out there you feel good you're following the play well or whatever like like you yeah. you feel like it should be going your way and it's like no matter what i do it's still ending up yeah. in the net. Even the overtime goal, he chose to, you know, saw an opportunity, tried to kind of poke at that puck. And if he had maybe just pushed off and slid over, he's, he's, he fills the net there. So I'm sure he was just disappointed in the decision. And that was such a scramble, but I'm sure he, you know, I, I feel for him. I know how he's feeling. A situation um, where you lived your feet 
left your feet, a cane, and it was a nightmare. That's that's exactly how you don't play it and lay down uh, on a on a, on a break. <laughs> yeah. Struds, you don't leave your feet. Leave his feet. Leave the ice. Yeah, no, you still leave your feet. But either way, we're we're on the same. At no point are your feet separated from your body. Your your, your feet leave the ice. Uh, go ahead, Zuby. Okay, Davin said. Like, uh, Davin said Derek Ryan needs to be upgraded. That's what I learned from that game. That's funny because that's like, isn't that what we were, the position we were talking about, like in September, as being like the big, the, the sort of the fourth line center type of, you know, or fourth line forward. Well, what do you guys feel about Derek Ryan's game? Well, seven minutes tonight. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty hard to get much accomplished in seven minutes, and um, they started chasing the game, so the bench gets a little shorter. And mix the lines up a bit. So, you know, I, I think that you know, as as a fourth line option, a winger, I think he he's in that space. But they're they're going to have to kind of look around and see what they can figure out in in for for something maybe probably a different look with a little bit more size. Probably more of if you guys think the upgrade should be coming in the top six, that just pushes down then, right? I mean, and that's where you might Good find deal. a find a Derek Ryan. How are we feeling about uh, the direction Holloway's game is going in here? Is he getting lost in the shuffle just a little bit here and there? Some centers, some wings, some, you know, he's mm-hmm. kind of found himself a little down the lineup here and there as shuffles are made. He needs to put a few good games together where he's energetic and noticed and get something offensive going. Yeah, 100% agree. I don't, it's sure. tough. It's tough, though, when the, when the, you're trying to find chemistry up top. The bottom guys usually want to get shuffled around. Zuby, you got one last one, buddy? Yeah. Um, Austin Peterson was talking about uh, he doesn't like Kane and Drysaddle thinks they don't work together unless you have Perry on that wing. Um, he wants to see Kane uh, and and Nuge switch when Nuge gets back. And he says Kane creates space for McDavid, which is why it worked magic before, in his words. Uh, do you see for you know see any kind of shuffle still coming there? Shuffle, yeah, that's a big no from Shogger. Struddy ain't yeah. going to like this because he does not like Kane and Hyman together. Yeah, I don't. I, you know what? I don't mind Kane and Hyman with Nuge, but I don't like Kane and Hyman with McDavid. And, I, and I, I've and i never really understood why. And it's weird. But um, no, I, I don't I don't want – that's the line. Nuge, Hyman, McDavid. Then everyone else has – I don't think – I thought actually Kane it had some off moments, but I thought he was skating tonight. He was really – I thought he was really moving his feet and, and skating quite well. All right, that was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. As we wrap the podcast, we go to our jam of the night. I got one in mind, Struddy, but I'd like to hear yours. What are your thoughts, buddy? What stood out to you? What struck Jason Strudwick as interesting, unique, cool tonight? Well, from the NHL pod, when Pierre LeBron suggested that the Rangers should trade for Adam Henrique, or they oh, would in, yeah. this, in this dream scenario. And I'm telling you guys, Adam Henrique, I am here for that guy. That is the guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm all about him. I think I'm going to give the nod to, and it's funny because I couldn't even hear it. I just saw it happening on TV. So I don't know if you guys heard it, but Louis DeBrusque interviewing his son tonight on the broadcast. <laughs> I know it's yeah. not the first time it's happened, but I was watching it, the look on Louis's face. Uh, and I've, I've spent a little bit of time with Louis. He plays it pretty cool. I know how proud he is. I thought that was a pretty cool moment, Struddy. Did you see it? Ah, so great. Oh, yeah, I saw it. I love it. I, and he has done it before. But Jake's such a nice guy. Louis's a great guy. And I just love seeing that family have – they're just happy for each other. So, yeah. And Jake, nice goal today going to the net. Yeah. Man. I loved it. 
hundred percent. All right. That'll wrap up the podcast. It was a late one, but amazingly still like hundreds of people hanging in on the live stream. And we really appreciate it. Gives us good content. So thank you for doing that. Thanks for your downloads and your subs. Zuby, good job. Not as late for you. You're in the Pacific time zone. So <laughs> you're not quite the warrior that Strud's and I were tonight. But oh, it's a two-podcast day, and we're at it again first thing tomorrow morning. I'm going to watch I'm a movie or right. something still here tonight. So who knows? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> go get to bed. Leave. Goodness <laughs> sakes. Everybody go to bed. And if it's already Thursday... Enjoy your day. We'll talk again soon here on Got Your Back, presented by Sherwood Buick GMC. See you, everybody.